So just going with the baseline, you know, hypervisor is fine. Do you know how hard it is to make a mic check out of this? Tom, you never said that the mic checks have to be funny. (laughs) Technically correct. The best kind of correct. Are you guys ready to do this thing? Do you want to do the um, the PlayStation slash Zach changes the topic? Hey guys, remember Perfect Dark? Ugh. I'm feeling we've talked about that and everything rare. You saying those types of conversations aren't rare? <laughs> hey Gonna crash look. like a bandicoot. <laughs> look, jokes for the mic check. Thanks. Let's do this. <laughs> Welcome, dear listener, to the QQ Cast Days, Thursday, April 14th, 2022. And we're your hosts, Thunderpop, Zach Mayer, and Raul Torres. Say, we're back, gentlemen. Hello. Hi. That- Hola. I, mean, we need, I need practice. I need, like, four more podcasts to get the intro right. Zero I'm points so for out of touch base. <laughs> uh, all about that in-touch base. No. I don't even know what you're talking about, Tom, and oh, I think I that song's five years old. And this, dear <laughs> listener, is Quest 265. I almost said 56. Uh, what is your relationship with the PSX? I don't know. What are your favorite PlayStation games? Which PlayStation games do you like? I don't know. Something to do with the PlayStation. Uh, gentlemen, I wanted to talk about this topic for two reasons. One, the Chrono Cross uh re-release, remaster, whatever you want to call it, just came out, and I just wanted to briefly touch on that, almost this QQ news. And then also, the Mr. Project, which I've talked before about uh, it's the open-source FPGA kind of retro gaming scene, uh, it has a PlayStation Core that's finally in preview. It can actually play a ton of PlayStation games. Um, so it made me think about the PSX, and I wanted to just reminisce a little about the PSX. And then, of course, Zach was like, what the hell's the PSX? And I was like, God damn it, Zach. <laughs> So maybe that's the good way to start the podcast, just going around the circle. And uh, gentlemen, what was your relationship with the Sony PlayStation? We'll start with you, because Zach doesn't have one. It's an amazing console that I played a crap ton of games on. (laughs) In contrast to Zach. I have touched a PlayStation 3 once. (laughs) Um, I, I had one briefly in my house before it caught fire um maybe because of the ps3 i don't know it just overheated <laughs> yeah. yeah no i mean well it was in the same room Those things got uh, so who's to say really uh but i've never owned a playstation uh you know when the when the first one came out it was uh around the same time that the nintendo 64 was coming out, I guess it was 94 for the PlayStation and 96 for the N64. Yeah, 95 in Japan, but yes. And then, um, yeah, but the generation before that, like the Super NES, the Sega Genesis, me and my friends, who, you know, we were small children, were like colluding with each other. They're like, all right, well, these both look great, so we'll, you know, divvy it up and... I was the Genesis kid. I, I was the one who volunteered. Be like, yeah, I'll get the Genesis and we can play Sega games and Sonic and stuff. And somebody else was like, yeah, okay, well, you know, my birthday's coming up and we'll get, I'll get a Super Nintendo and it'll be great. And we'll play all the games. Yeah, that didn't really work out very well. So then we just kind of, the N64 came out. Uh, we were all just like, yeah, fuck it. Nintendo all the way. Yeah, but... I have a feeling that even though you may not have played a lot of the games that we may talk about, I'm pretty sure that given how they're part of the cultural zettergeist now, that you're going to know a lot I've of them. We're heard, talk about I've them. heard of them. There are a lot of uh, PlayStation games over the years that I would have really enjoyed playing, like in retrospect. Um, and actually, I do have one that I played even recently that was a PlayStation exclusive for like four years. <laughs> now it's also on PC. Yeah, I, uh, my brother and I bought a PlayStation because we wanted to play Final Fantasy VII because, duh. Um, but then ultimately we sold the thing to get an N64, and frankly, I never looked back. I don't think it was until college I started getting, like, PlayStation emulators and playing through some PlayStation games. Um, 
So there were only a handful of games I played when we actually owned it. And of course, I can talk about those. But uh, okay, cool. That is our intro to, to the PlayStation. Ruli, you're going to have the most experience. I'm going to have the second most experience. And Zach's going to have the zero experience. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. Um, so real quick, let's touch on the other kind of reasons I want to talk about this. Uh, so Chrono Cross just came out for, I think, all the consoles, at least PlayStation and Nintendo Switch. And uh, this is a fairly, I wouldn't use the word controversial, but not particularly well-reviewed uh, remaster. Because it, it's being accused of being a fairly low-effort remaster. Um, it has the standard features you'd expect these days. You know, a fast-forward button, um, the ability to turn off random battles. Uh, it has been, a all the backgrounds have been AI upscaled, but, you know, there's complaints that are not as good as fan projects. Um, the most of the primary character models have been remade or significantly touched up. So it unquestionably looks better than the unbelievably pixelated PlayStation 1. But people still aren't super happy with it. And something that was actually very interesting is that um, Digital Foundry, awesome YouTube channel, was doing frame rate tests on the different consoles. And they definitely said it does not run at even a locked 30 frames a second. Even on the PlayStation 4 and 5, it still has frame rate drops below 30 frames per second. And fascinating enough, the Nintendo Switch has identical performance. So whatever <laughs> emulation they're doing is not optimized. And eh? I mean, I still think it's better than playing this on an old PlayStation. Good luck even getting it to work, let alone enjoying the load times. And you said, which Chrono was this again? Cross. This is the second and final Chrono game. I cannot imagine how a sprite-based JRPG could have performance issues oh, no, this even is, emulated. This is 3D. This is 3D, at least. But it's, it's, It is? It is, but, I mean, it's PlayStation 3D. So how a PlayStation 5 can't handle an emulator for PS1 is not impressive. <laughs> hmm. That honestly sounds like a deficiency of the emulator. Oh, like, I can't. Clearly. I cannot imagine that the game is so, like, just bottlenecked in whatever render pipelines it happens to be using. Yeah. No, I mean, it's not physically possible, right? Like, I mean, not... was, I've, I've never played the original game. Was it also that plagued by all this screen rendering stuff you're talking about? No, no. It was, uh, gr like, graphical fidelity. It was very well-reviewed back when it came out. Its soundtrack and art style were praised. Um, I've mentioned this on the cast before. Chrono Cross wasn't a bad game. It was just a bad sequel to Chrono Trigger because it deviated so heavily from the... Uh, the original game in just about every respect. So, uh, yeah, no, it, it did not have these concerns back when it first first came out. Um, so while I think people are disappointed by that, my two cents is like, man, this is still obviously the best way to play Chrono Cross. So, and I think it's a bargain title. I think it's like 40 bucks and not 60. Um, the other little neat thing is that it, it's called the Radical Dreamers Edition because it comes with... There was a text-based game in between. It was made for the SNES, and it was made in between Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. And that text-based game, which is kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure, could we do that on the podcast sometime? Um, it, it went on to inspire the story of Chrono Cross. But that is included for the first time in officially translated English uh, on the game, on the game cart, in the package, whatever. So anyway, that I don't know. That's Chrono Cross. It's worth pointing out that it's out. Um, I don't know. I... 32-bit JRPGs are really slow for me, so I'm not that interested. You guys have any? You give half a fuck? I, I will mention a JRPG game, but I don't think that was the time to talk about it. That's the only thing I care about. Well, if we don't care, then we could segue straight into that. You guys want to just go, go straight into the PSX? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to, uh, and I should have already had it open, but I don't. I, really, I'm going to pull up the list of the Mr. Core compatibility. And for shits and giggles, whatever games we talk about, we are going to look up their compatibility until we get bored of this little game and move on to QQ News. Sound like a plan? Okay. All right. Ruli, uh, why don't you start us off? Because I have a funny gag for Zach when we get to him. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll start with the game that I miss the most because I still have not found anything to adequately fill this niche. And that's the Twisted Metal series. Oh snap! Um, I I love Twisted Metal. I don't know why. It just it's driving and shooting things with explosions at the same time. I don't know why it was so appealing, but um, I really love it. I think maybe it was also kind of like 
the weird background story of like a tournament and people get wishes and then the twilight zone the wishes so like seeing the endings was kind of fun uh but yeah twisted metal i think one and two i don't remember if three was on the playstation like oh you're gonna hear me constantly asking like which playstation was it on because like they blur together but like looking at a bunch of lists right now there was a crap ton of games in the playstation so they were at a huge library twisted metal those are some fun games and if you have any recommendations for anything close to it please let me know all right so i just opened up and sent you guys the mr psx preview i don't know what number it is compatibility list let's go look up twisted metal all the games oh god it's a spreadsheet (laughs) uh twisted metal one is runnable but barely playable and twisted metal two is actually working okay got the green so i played i played twisted metal but i want to say i played it on like the PlayStation 2. So I don't know which one I played. Well, it also had the backwards compatibility, right? Uh, yeah, PS2 com- was backwards compatible to PS1, and it did minor, minor upresing. Yeah, so I think I think that's also why like my brain blurs all these things together, where it's just like, you could get a PS2 and just play, like start with a backlog of PS1 games and be pretty busy for quite some time. Zach, did you ever play a Twisted Metal game? Uh, no, but I think I've played stuff kind of like it. I'm just trying to think of what that would have been. Uh, I don't know. There, there's not ever really been a ton of like racing combat games that spring to mind. There was uh, also... Uh, what, what was it on the N64? It had one that... It was, it was track racing, but with weapons. There were like these motorcycle things. Extreme G? That sounds right. Yeah, I like yeah, that one. Maybe. Uh... Death Race, maybe. I don't know. I actually, I'm looking up a list of racing combat games, and none of these are really ringing much of a bell. There was a Twisted Metal Four. There were a bunch. I don't know how many. I think there was even like a kids version, which is I thought was an April Awkward. Fool's joke, but it's a real thing. <laughs> Nothing says like turning a you know villa like Sweet Tooth into a lovable kids character. Yeah. Uh, Carmageddon, full there auto. There you go. That was one of them, I think. Yeah, I think that was the one where like it was racing, and like the the uh, back in the '90s when they wanted to ban video games. I think that was one of the flagship ones they had because they're like, yep. you get points for running over people, and I'm like, these people are doing it wrong because this makes me want to play this game now. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't you get points? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, let's see, Jack X. Combat Racing from Naughty Dog. Nope. Okay. Uh, Ruli, <laughs> thank you for sharing Twisted Metal. It is running on the PSX core, or at least Twisted Metal 2 is, so we could play it. All right. Um, one of the games that I played a surprising amount of, and this is not usually a genre I get super into, Tekken 3. We totally own Tekken 3. I totally played it. It also, because it had a bunch of cool modes. It had a volleyball mode. It had, um, like, a side-scroller beat-em-up mode. Um... I think Smash Brothers would do again years later. So it just had all these cool modes and a cool, fun uh, cast of characters and tried to have a story with cinematics. So I I would tell you this was peak Tekken. Um, did either of you guys play the Tekken series? No, not really. I mean, briefly, maybe at one point, but we're always much more into Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, more of a Mortal Kombat type thing, but I, I'm aware of it. It was fun. He's trying to drop like a thousand dollars playing it in an arcade. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, there, there was a indoor soccer facility near me that we I played at, and they had Soul Edge, uh, the arcade game there. So that's the the arcade fighting game I played was Soul Edge, baby. None of that mm-hmm. Soul Caliber crap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Tekken, awesome. Had a little orange dinosaur gone. It was adorable. I think from some anime. I don't know. Did either of you guys watch any of the terrible Tekken movies? Animes, movies, I don't even know what. No. No. No, just no. Just straight up no. No. No, immediately no. <laughs> Enthusiastically no. Uh, okay, dear listener, this is our first entry in our new and unfortunately about to be recurring segment. Zach changes the topic. <laughs> Zach, tell us about a video game that's unPlaystation related that you wanted to mention so we can go around in a circle and I can feel like I included you even though you're a dick. 
Well, I mean, outsider's <laughs> perspective is always useful, dick. <laughs> um, no, I actually have one that was on the PlayStation. Oh the original my god! PlayStation, as well as the Sega Saturn, Windows, DOS, Amiga, and N64. Civilization and, One and Risk OS. Uh, no, but you couldn't. You, you shouldn't be faulted for thinking that. Um, Hexen. Do you guys remember Hexen? I know the name. I don't know what kind of game it is. So Magic Doom. It was Magic Doom. It's on the Doom (laughs) engine. Um, It was 1995. uh, Is like I guess there was 94. There was Hexen Heretic, and then 95 was Hexen Beyond Heretic. So it even got a sequel. Uh, It's well loved generally, and I played it. on the N64, but it was a PlayStation game too. And yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, dark, uh, magic, doomy. It was magic doom. Like, magic yeah. doom. You have spells, ice spells, fire spells. Yep, 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 yep. Even a fun. lot of the monsters were very doom like. Cool. I never really played any other. I know there are other games that either used or emulated the doom engine style. I mean, I played Doom 1. I must have played some Doom 2, but I only played a little bit of Castle Wolfenstein other than that. Like, I really was all about Doom, and we had them on those freaking floppy disks back in the day. Yeah. Well, uh, Hexen was a Ravensoft, so uh, they did a couple of other Doom clones way back in the day. Um, but I'm trying to think of any of their names. The, a lot of them, they just kind of blend together together because there were so many doom clones in that time period oh man i, f- I forgot to look up the compatibility list so uh tekken uh all the tekkens tekkens ones and twos and threes european american all of them are running on the psx core already uh let's look up hexen this scroll wheel is so loud i wonder if they're going to hear it on the podcast you can control f you know that right shut up <laughs> i'll let you scroll then Hexen, it is green. It is working. I use Control F. Shut up, roll. <laughs> yeah, if P- uh, uh, PSX can't run Doom, uh, it would be the only system in the world to be unable to well, this, do so. This isn't the same as what we're talking about with Chrono Cross. This is uh, <laughs> they're recreating the core gate by gate, and so like this is compa- this is just compatibility issues, not processing throughput. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Well, I, I usually, okay, you know what? Too, too bad. Zach, Zach is going to win the Segway battle. Um, I think it's been game over because I could have swore that they put Doom on one of those digital pregnancy tests. Have you seen that? Yes. <laughs> At that have. point, I'm like, like, what else could they put it on? Because like, I didn't even think that would be possible. So my favorite was running Doom on a computer that was made out of redstone in Minecraft. <laughs> <clears throat> that's that's my. Like, this is peak uh, singularity right here. Uh, I wish I had that much free time. Yeah, computers right. and computers and computers? Is that three levels deep or four? I don't know. Yeah, it's something. Anyway, yeah. Now, if you have a logic gate, you can run Doom. <laughs> Turns out. Oh, God. Y- you only really need one. It's just going to take a while. All right, Ruli, back to you. Next PlayStation um, game you liked, I'm... enjoyed, played, whatever. I'm cheating, and I'm not going with the top games. I'm going with games that I love that are also broken. Yeah, dude. Um, Tenchu Stealth Assassins. That was such an awesome game. I recognize oh, the yeah. name, but what was it? Describe it, it for dear listener. Metal Gear Solid with ninjas and, and grappling hooks and breaking everyone's bones and cutting off arms. Wow, these cool. some nice graphics for the PSX. Yeah, so it's pretty much just like the opposite of Metal Like, okay, you can play Metal Gear in like the passive mode and not kill anyone, which does get, you know, difficulty and levels and praise. Uh, but then there's the just go behind people and backstab them. And in Tenshu, they had maybe like, I want to say 10 to 15 death animations, depending on the character and kind of where you position yourself. So uh, lots of fun. Nice. So I just looked up the compatibility and it uh, it is, quote, playable. And it says, there's the note, I love this. If it locks up, switch to another disc of any game. Then go back, and the game will resume. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Right? Seems very ritually. Just, like, shake the machine, and it should be fine. Yep. Blow blow on it. Blow sage on it. 
<laughs> Exorcise it. So I'm, I'm guessing y'all haven't heard of that game before. No, it's no gamer I've heard any of the game. Yeah, I, th- I think there was a. a I want to say th- two other sequels on the. Um, what's it called? Uh, PS2. And any good? Do you remember? Um, I played them. I I vaguely remember them, but I think the first one was just so awesome. So nice. So uh, I guess other question, educate me, because is is this like Mister Thing an emulator, or is it like one of those like little like hardware things? Uh, this is one of those like, hardware things. So I I love the Mister thing. It's the nerdiest fucking thing. So an FPGA is a field programmable gate array. Um, it's what they use to actually design other processors and do very specific, like, you know, you're, you're basically getting, you're customizing your own gates and making very specific tailored processors to do very specific jobs. So, um, usually FPGA chips are very expensive, but Intel subsidized and mass produced this particular board called the DE10 Nano for educational purposes. Cause come to find mm-hmm. out, it's really hard to find people in the world who know how to program microchips. And, um, as soon as this open source community found out about this, they built Like, as soon as they found out you could get these cheap FPGA, you know, single-chip computer boards, um, they started porting, like, every other, you know, FPGA technology specifically to it. And so it is hardware simulation. Literally, when you load up the core, the FPGA is now – when you load up – I forget DHL, HDL, I forget the acronym. It is a hardware – I think it's HDL, hardware definition language. You literally are programming in what the gates will do, and the FPGA chip loads that up. And so it's it's a physical but virtual version of the recreating of the actual hardware and the actual gates and the way the chips would have worked in these old systems. So okay. it is hardware simulation, which gives you uh, zero latency. It gives you perfect digital signal. It gives you exact cycle ac- accurate recreations. So when you look at like old video games, if they had any like clipping or any like you know blips from the sprites over scanning on the screen. All that's still there because it's exact okay. hardware simulation. So, so, so it's this fucking Git, awesome. This GitHub repo that I stumbled on is more so just like the the code to create the PlayStation emulation, not exactly a PlayStation emulator at all. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean it's yeah. uh, that is the repo that they're actually dumping all the open source stuff into, and there's a whole set. The whole open source community lives on GitHub, so the. Uh, the repos all link to each other. There's update scripts that literally just download the binaries straight off of GitHub. Um, it's open source. It's fantastic. It's a growing uh, community. It's fucking awesome. If you're into retro gaming, it is by far the best single device you could ever buy because it's got everything. This, I don't know if this is code or whatever, but it looks pretty bananas. It, oh, yeah. I don't know how to program that shit. Um Something else that's cool, by the way, is that it doesn't only just do, like, retro game consoles. That's obviously a huge part of the community. But also arcade boards are very popular and common. Uh, Also, they've recreated uh, chips for, like, really old computers like the Apple II or um, what was the name of the first PC I had? I don't know, whatever. But all of these old-ass computers and old-ass operating systems, you can run them. This is going to be a dumb question, and I don't mean to be derogatory about it, but, like, have they, like, done anything useful with this? Like, old medical technology or something? No, absolutely not. Like, okay. It's just all video games all the way down. Okay. Uh, I mean, this particular community. Again, the FPGAs are super useful for very specific and tailored types of computing they're great for education in terms of teaching people how to develop chips and testing chips then you know then real manufacturers can create them um someone actually was just telling me about how apparently some like high volume transaction systems like stock market and other stuff actually use some uh like fpgas to custom design chips to process those orders as fast as humanly possible uh, it's kind of like tailoring the way a GPU is tailored for graphics and has the most gates to do triangle calculations, etc. It's kind of the equivalent of that. It's fucking amazing. Noise. Right. So anyway, there you go, dear listener, an overview of the Mister and FPGAs and why you should go look into this shit, because it's so cool. Uh, so real quick, I'll do another one. Um, something that will surprise no one. I totally played Final Fantasy Tactics on this thing. Uh, fucking love that game. It is now available on like iPhone and iPad. I don't actually know if it's available on PC. Um, but also like there's been additional content patched into those versions. They've again upscaled and upres the art. So there's definitely better ways to p- play Final Fantasy Tactics. But the reason it's a fantastic game. Uh, the story's amazing. 
at the time, the job system and tactics were just beautiful and simple and elegant. Um, I could tell you about the background, how it was developed by uh, the guy who made the Ogre Battle series, and then he was brought in to be like the director of Final Fantasy uh, 12 at one point. I forget. Uh, Amano? I forget his name. Um, fucking awesome game. Awesome everything. But one of the main reasons I fucking liked it is because the PlayStation had horrible, horrible loading times. And this game would only load when you went into the battle. So after it was done loading, you could then play for like 30 minutes with no fucking load times. And that to me... <laughs> Oh my god, it was so good. Um, so yeah, FF Tactics. Neither of you guys ever even touched that game? I mean, Tactics games in general, sure. So no. The answer was so no. Did it really? The answer is also no, but I, it's... Uh, can I play it on my phone? Do you have an iPhone? Then no. Okay. Why can't I play it on my phone? Tom? I know, because they don't like Android. I don't know. Android is making us money for money. I don't know. It wasn't my decision. You can play it on a PSP? Do you have a PSP? Of course, who doesn't have a PlayStation Portable <laughs> with memory sticks? Proprietary memory sticks that no one else can manufacture. Proprietary memory sticks. Uh, all right, dear listener, welcome to part two of our unfortunately recurring segment, Jack, bleh, Jack, Jack, Zach changes the top hack. All right. And uh, that whack. <laughs> I'm going to throw two at you, rapid fire. Uh... First, I loved this game when it came out, and it was released a year later on the PlayStation 2. Uh, in 2000, it launched on Windows. 2001, PlayStation 2. Star Trek Voyager Elite Force. Oh, people love that in, in like, retrospect. It was a really good game, even at the time. Like, it was, um, it, it was probably one of the first really successful Star Trek games. Um, yeah, was that the ship person... battle one? Well, it was a first-person shooter. Okay, I don't remember that one then. There was, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. There was a mod for some uh, space RTS game that added Star Trek stuff into it that was really popular around the same time. But uh, no, Voyager Elite Force, it was a first-person shooter, uh, 3D, good story, um, great characterization, lots of Star Trekness. Uh, and Voyager was a great setting for it because they were just like, we need an elite security team to tackle the more dangerous away missions and ship threats. And uh, yeah, no, made perfect sense why you would be a heavily armed Starfleet officer. <laughs> uh, well, it was starring, so... they brought in like the whole voice cast to voice their characters. It actually yeah. wove in story from episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it was pretty neat. Really ambitious uh, for it, its time. Yeah, no, it was it was great all around. Um, and there was even a sequel, Elite Force Two, which I don't think did quite as well. But um, yeah, no, it was it was it was a fun game. So, like I said, PlayStation Two, two thousand one, and the other one, maybe call it two that I would mention. They kind of bleed together. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight, uh, Jedi Academy, and Jedi Outcast. Oh, Jedi Academy was fucking awesome. The others are just okay. Jedi Academy was fucking awesome. Jedi Academy is definitely my favorite. Uh, Outcast was definitely not bad either. Um, Yeah, now they were definitely Windows games for a long time, but they did eventually come, both of them, to the PlayStation 4 around 2020. So Yeah, uh, Jedi Academy also came to the Switch, and I bought it there, and... uh, Still fun. Still a fun yep. game. Yep, yep. So, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, there's some goodness in there. Yeah, at, at that time, at its release, oh my god, it was the best I'm gonna swing a lightsaber simulator ever. Like, we'd had oh, the original so Jedi good. Knight, which is kind of FPS, it wasn't great for Melee. Jedi Academy 2, man, you're jumping around, or Jedi Academy, you're jumping around, you're swinging lightsaber, you're cutting shit in half, oh man. That you got the good. force powers with it. It was so satisfying. Yeah, I don't know exactly what the what they did, but they they made it feel really good to swing a lightsaber, and even in third person. So yeah, it's good stuff. All right, uh, Ruli, back on topic to you. I'm gonna go with the easy one. Tony uh, Hawk's Pro Skater. Yes. I think that so, okay, was how... exclusive, but it was on like all the things. And... Yes. I, well, I don't PS remember which, the best which Tony Hawks came to which consoles. I don't remember. There were a bunch, and they were kind of, like you said, on everything. Yeah, I think there was there was a couple on the 64. Yep, yep. 
Oh, I keep forgetting uh, to I check think, the compatibility list. Damn it! But I think they were the best on the um, the PlayStation. Okay, Final Fantasy Tactics is working on the PSX Core. Nice. Tony Hawk's one, two, and three are working, but four uh, is just playable. Garbagey interface in That's various parts. Garbagey, I love it. <laughs> but perfect otherwise. Well, okay. I'm gonna say you, definitely. You don't playable. you don't play the game for the interface. You play the game for the skateboarding. Obvi. Did you um, guys play Tony Hawk past the original PlayStation or any other consoles? Because it came to everything for a while. I think I this, mean, the, the trilogy was pretty much what I remember the most. Uh, what about they just did all the re-releases? Did you guys play the re-releases? No. I, I did, and then I have old man fingers now. I'm just like, how did I play this game as a child? This is like I'm falling <laughs> everywhere. Like this, this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. My favorite thing about Tony Hawk, just in general, is his Twitter, where people, <laughs> where he tells stories about people almost recognizing him. Yes. Uh, I think nice. the latest, the latest one was funny. He seems like oh, a fairly in the elevator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, um, that's that's exactly that's my favorite part about him is that he's just kind of a cool dude, and he's a figure from our childhood that stayed cool. Uh, <laughs> that's that's rare it turns out so commendable okay well cool Tony Hawk alright so um, I don't know how many more laps we're going to do so I guess I'm just going to go into the, the game specifically that if I wanted to replay a Playstation 1 game right now this is the one that I would totally fucking replay and I'm specifically checking because it works on that core is Castlevania Symphony of the Fucking Night that game is fucking amazing. It it defined kind of like, yeah, the Metroidvania had kind of been defined by um, Super Metroid, but and there had already been elements of RPG elements in, in Castlevania, but this was the one that was like, wow, we are going full RPG, Metroidvania. You were fucking Alucard. You were fucking Vampire. There were summons. There were secret abilities. You could fly as a bat, as a wolf, as mist. Badass soundtrack. Oh my god, this game was amazing. But at the time, it was controversial because it wasn't 3D. It was still pixel art. There were 3D elements in the game, which were amazing. But <laughs> I would tell you now, it's what has made it age uh, so much better because it's not that horrible pixelated 3D PlayStation look. Now it's like still these beautiful, crisp, amazing sprites. Um, so Symphony of the Night has been re released on a shit ton of consoles, but it's Is that never on my come phone? to. Huh? I can play that on my phone. You yes. can play it on your phone. Um, but damn it, I want it for my Switch, and it's never coming to my Switch. I thought it was. like I, th- I mean, assuming that it's going to come out one day, it's like a bundled like $80 pack with like four other games. No, they've, they've done two <laughs> different Castlevania packages, and neither of them had Symphony of the Night. So maybe someday, because that would well, be good The one money that's going to have um, the Nintendo 64 Castlevania, which was horrible. Ooh, yeah, there were two Nintendo 64 Castlevanias, I think. But no, Symphony of the Night, a uh, glorious game, I think has aged well, still worth playing today. And again, just because it was pixel art, I think it looks so much more beautiful than most of the PSX games. Um, so that in particular, if I were to install and play this core, that is the game I would I would jump on. And it is green, it is playable on the PSX alpha preview beta, whatever the fuck core it is for the Mr. FPGA. That's why I wanted to talk about this. That was it. That was the game that inspired me. And Chrono Cross and plot. But, all right, clearly you two have not played that game. You should well, you totally know, play I've, that game. I played it. I played like what I said, it, it's, it's on my phone. Yeah, I, I mean, everything you said, it's good. I still haven't gotten that far in it. Even though it's on my phone, it's it's who has time to play games. Ain't it's no fun. one got time to have fun. <laughs> or, or fun. Ain't no one got time for that. There you go. That's the meme. That's the meme. Oh, all right, dear listener. Tonight, this is our last entry in the unfortunately recurring segment. Zach changes the topic. Zach. So this game was a PS4, I think, exclusive. (laughs) It was a launch title uh, for the PS4. And uh, it stayed exclusive until, like, this year. Uh, Maybe last year. Yeah, I think it was 2001. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, That's relatively new. Yeah, it is. It's it's in that group of games that like I'm so interested in like like the Spider-Mans and stuff that I like I want to play them 
but I'm not gonna try to get a PlayStation to play that. Well, Horizon Zero Dawn is on Steam now. That's the only reason that I played it. Um, and like I said, it was a launch title for the PlayStation 4 and only recently released on PC. Um, part of the reason that it's out on PC now is because there's a sequel, Horizon Forbidden West, which is a PS5 exclusive now. Um, it's a yeah, which I, I guess thing. Forbidden West isn't... Uh, I, I don't know if I would use the word as well-reviewed, but isn't as beloved as uh, Zero Dawn, apparently? Do, have you played it? I haven't played Forbidden Bet, Forbidden West, no. Yeah, because it's, um, it's still console only. Yeah, but I love the hell out of Zero Dawn. Um, just, it's a gorgeous game. It's It was, like I said, a PS4 launch title. It was made for showing off the capability of the console. It's also just a really fantastic story. Great RPG, wonderful combat mechanics, uh, stealth mechanics, just a lot of fun. Um, and you know, really legitimately good story. So, yeah. I uh, cannot recommend it enough. So do you do you like it more than uh, Breath of the Wild? Uh, yeah, I think I do. Bold? Like, like, I like Breath of the Wild for what it is. It's a Zelda game, and it's open world, which is cool, but it is open world in the best possible way that a Zelda game could be. Um, that said, the... World of Breath of the Wild is a lot emptier than Horizon. <laughs> mm. And that's not to say that like the scope of it is uh, any really radically different. I would say Horizon's world is bigger. And there are stretches that are probably larger of just like open scenery in Horizon than you would find in Breath of the Wild. But like taken all together, there's so much more going on in Horizon. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It 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 isn't. I, I I don't know that it's really super fair to compare them. I think they have different objectives in the way that they tell the story and the way that the gameplay is made to interact with that open world. Uh, Horizon isn't super physics based the way that uh, Breath of the Wild is, and. If you're into that kind of sandbox, then you're not going to find it in Horizon. But man, the the variety of enemies uh, and the things that you have to do to fight them are so much more engaging in Horizon than they are in Breath of the Wild. So if you're into combat mechanics, I would give that to Horizon for sure. I'd say them are fighting words, but no, the combat mechanics... Well, fine. In Breath of the Wild, they're not are not the best. It is more about it's, the yeah, it's physics not, stuff. Yeah, it's not the highlight of Breath of the Wild, and that's fine. It's got a lot of other great qualities, and all I'm using that to illustrate is that they're different, and they are going to appeal, I think, to different players. Um, for me personally, I like Horizon a little bit more. Cool. And Zach continues to be wrong. No, I'm kidding. I don't fucking know. <laughs> All right, Ruli, uh, take us home. What is the last, the last PlayStation game you want to mention? Game. Oh, there's just so many. Um... Cool, then rapid fire some, bro. I mean, I, I have basic ones that I played. Like, I played a bunch of Crash Bandicoot back in the day. I tried to play Legend of the Dragoon, but dear God, the load times were murdering me. Um, I'm trying to, so I to play a lot. Uh, trying to go games. with the not obvious ones i think one of them um soul reaver that was fun vampire who sucks souls instead of blood mm-hmm. um parasite eve was fun else oh rampage i guess rampage world tour yeah it was a game i know most of these my friends love parasite eve and i didn't play it those are like the more niche ones that I that I don't see like on every other list of like the best ones. Obviously, the- there's the, Sil- the Silent Hills, Metal Gears. Oh, oh there, okay, the other one, um, horrible game, but I loved it in concept. Um, the Evil Dead game that was technically until whatever everything's being rebooted and redone, but it was the official like sequel to uh, Evil Dead or Army of Darkness. Was it really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, who played Ash? Um. Yeah, no, that Bruce Damn. Campbell and everything. Damn it, what's his name? Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. God damn it. I am yeah, so yeah, old, no, my brain no, is failing was, me. 
it was official official sequel things that was pretty cool like um spoiler but who cares if you're gonna play the game so like y'all y'all remember evil did too and please stop me if i'm going horror nerd on you um Bullner, like, go go get him. The, the the bone dagger that like kills like kills you know someone gets stabbed in the back of uh, Evil Dead Two, but, like in the game you're like in a basement and then you see the bone dagger and then shit you not the bone dagger is still in that person and they're the boss that you got to kill. It's it's so good it's, like connected to the movies and everything. It's amazing. <laughs> the game was horrible, but all the like the movie things were were really cool. Love it. I'm trying to think, there's a whole probably topic there. What is like sequels in a different medium? That's a that could be a fun topic. Guess what's going in the uh, the Slack channel right now? That one. Dun dun dun. Well, cool, gentlemen. Anything else you want to add before we move on to QQ uh, news? No, I'm good. All right. Well, uh, before we transfer to the news, gentlemen, we need to have a sponsor. Zach, why don't you do our unfortunately recurring segment of changing the topic to talk about tonight's sponsor? After these messages, we'll be right back. Tonight's sponsor, sponsored by Twitter, still technically independent. <laughs> Definitely not a mouthpiece for the oligarchy. Twitter, you don't have to pay $46 billion. You can get it for free on the App Store, Twitter. Download so, that shit and let them know where you are, Twitter. So this might also be a um, another complete topic, but uh, definitely sponsor of this episode would be Blockbuster Video, because that's probably how I play the majority oh, of these games. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about them. There's still one left somewhere. There was one in El Paso for a while that was like, when I, when I moved back, I'm like, I have to walk in here just to make sure that like I'm not having a fever dream and like thinking I'm like in the past or something. I thought there was officially um, only one left, and that's because like after the company disbanded, a couple people bought the stores, but only one person has like kept it up and has the signage, and I think they even let you like rent it overnight to camp out in a Blockbuster or some bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that, that's how I play the majority of these games. Renting like our own so much fun. video game rent or movie rental platform with social media and birds. You know what? Forget the video game rentals. That was a stretch. That was a real fucking stretch. <laughs> You're trying too hard, Tom. Clearly. All right, let's get to the news. Go f*** yourself, San Diego. Gentlemen, the, the QQ News channel is uh, is running dry. I'm very disappointed in both of you. I'm the only one who drops shit in here. So I'm just going to add that Kingdom Hearts 4 was announced. I don't think it's possible for me to care less. I keep wondering if I should get on that train. Because <laughs> it keeps going forever and ever and ever. And they added that dude to Smash Brothers. I'm like, I, I think like are Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 on the Switch now? Uh, y- uh, yes. I think they're streaming games from the cloud, but yes. Yeah, then never mind. But I, also, it's like the barrier to entry thing. Like, every time I see people talk about the game, or like, like, are you guys familiar with the iceberg meme? No. Uh, I feel like there's a few. Yeah, there's a few, right? But I, I'm pretty sure I've seen like an iceberg meme of like Kingdom Hearts, and it's just like there's like 20 different games that I have to play, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know yeah. what? No, oh, I'll, across I'll just multiple watch YouTube. platforms. And everything I'll else. just watch YouTube videos of Donald Duck punching Sephiroth in the face. Like that's fine. Like I can get my kicks that way. So, um, when before Kingdom Hearts three came out, Square Enix released like this big collection of the Kingdom Hearts games because Kingdom Hearts came on uh, multiple platforms like PSP and uh, GBA and 3DS. There were some cell phone games, and so the only way they could kind of get it all straight was some of the games they summarized in like like movie form, <laughs> like they made little like cinematic versions of and put that on the disc because there was no way to like get or understand all the story at this cross platform multimedia storytelling. I just and their names, oh my god, their names. It's like well, you, a even, joke even like itself. looking at. Even even looking at like the Switch games, I'm like, am I playing the right one? It's like 1.5. Like to me, that means there's like a one somewhere that I need to play that I can't get on the Switch. Oh wait, it isn't for what I don't. It's it's too complicated for me. Yeah, I uh, look my actual. So okay, there's two things here. One, my complaint about Kingdom Hearts. Maybe the games are fine. Maybe people enjoy them. That's great. But it is set in the Disney universe, and yet it's like the creators, Squeenix 
had basically no interest in using Disney. It's it's just like table setting at best because like they're all about like Organization Thirteen and our dark cloaks and the Heartless and Xehanort and. You know, you who know, has the keyblade? And it's like more than I do. So, well, yeah, because it's just like they, they had all the Disney shit. Why can't they use the Disney shit? It's supposed to be a Disney game. And no, no, that that wasn't cool enough and edgy enough. So, less Disney, more existential. Gods are going to kill us all. Action platforming storytelling. It, I mean, if you or, want, child if you soldiers, want a Disney, human experimentation. If you want a Disney game, go play a Disney game. Then Tom, there's countless Disney games out there. Okay, fair enough. And and didn't they have that? Um, it was like the, like uh, I think it was called Portal or something, but it was like um, Disney trying to get on Nintendo's um, little Mebo action thing. You remember those? It, it, it they don't make them anymore. No, what? Yeah, they had like little like you could buy like the thing from Aladdin, and then you could be like the genie in the game or whatever. It was like it was like a more of a sandbox thing. But like they have they have Disney games if you want to play Disney games, Tom. Well, you no, okay, you no I guess I'll go about. play I'm just going to keep going, keep yeah. going. No, my only other thing in this little rant about Kingdom Hearts is just that it seems like Square Enix only wants to make one type of game now, and that is an action, a 3D action hack and slash. Like the Final Fantasy 1 remake, hack and slash. Final Fantasy, uh, uh, thir- sorry, not 13. Uh, I can't even remember the numbers anymore. 14 and 15, hack and slashes. Kingdom Hearts, hack and slashes. Um, just everything they want to make is just like... Hack and slash. And I'm like, man, this is just you guys, you're making this uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, hack and slash. Uh, I mean, the Lufia 2 remake on DS, hack and slash. Like, it's like all they want to make. Them. I haven't stopped buying it, so. Yeah, no, same here. Blame everyone else. Yep. Mash X to win. Okay, anyway, that was me ranting about Kingdom Hearts. And by the way, apparently the thing that pissed, people are actually pissed about uh, is that Sora's shoes are now normal sized. What happened to his <laughs> big shoes? Who knows? What? Uh-oh. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, that was the only fucking news headline I had in the uh, in the oh. bank here. What do y'all got? What do y'all got? Come on. Star Wars might be in Kingdom Hearts 4. <sighs> oh. <laughs> oh, Tom's going to play it now. <laughs> there's like, apparently there's a trailer, and there's like one frame in the trailer that shows a forest with a piece of metal that people are saying looks an awful lot like... An ATAT foot, uh, <laughs> and so that forest may be indoor, and it's it's very very reachy. But honestly, nothing would surprise me. If it was Star Trek, I'd care. That. Even then, I'm having a hard time caring because modern Star Trek. I'm so oh. negative. Why am I negative? I want to like things. Yeah, no the um, the backup protagonist for the next game is going to be Captain Pike. All right, I'm in. Oh man, I'm so excited for the brave new worlds may 5th it's like oh is that the release date okay I'm three in. weeks away ish look if it doesn't totally suck i will give paramount plus my money for that one show please don't I mean, suck don't. please don't suck please don't suck you, d- you don't technically have to but yes i i will pay to sh- i will pay with my do- i will vote with my dollars okay pay good hard american currency uh, out of this ruble shit ruley what's your headline Looking, I mean, I, I have headlines, but I think I mean the, the headlines are worldly and sad and depressing. So um, I know, I know. Um, the dude that bought uh, Jack Dorsey's NFT apparently lost all his money. Oh, that was hilarious! Funny. Well, it, it's like, like I, I still have a morbid curiosity with all like the the Bitcoin stuff and like the stories that are always leaping out at me is just like. Someone lost $3 million because they, someone said they were a, a Bitcoin wallet inspector and they fell for it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like, excuse me, sir, I'm the wallet inspector. Um, yeah, it, it's um, lots of lots of crazy stuff with that front, but little thing. Don't let people yeah. inspect your wallets. That's the no. best advice. I can it's like the next best thing to female body inspector. <laughs> That's that's the first thing I thought of when he talked about it. No. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I work for the FBI. <laughs> uh, did you say the numbers about the the Jack Dorsey tweet NFT? I, I've seen various numbers. Well, what what do you have? The guy. So 
the the NFT, which is really just a picture of the first tweet that Jack the It's a receipt founder, for the picture of the first it's tweet. It's a receipt for the picture of the first tweet. <laughs> Uh, some guy bought it for $2.9 million. Uh, a few years later, he turns around, well, a few, a couple of years later, he turns around and tries to sell it. And a he couple, wants... like last year, wasn't it last year? Uh, it can't be it? more than two. Mm, I, I mean, thought I... it was 2020, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> months later, he decides to turn around to sell it. He wants $48 million for it. That's the list. The top bid that he got was $280. Yeah, because there, there is no value in any of these things. I don't understand how any of this works. So this guy lost $2.9 million on No, but you, you gotta go. you got to go the Wall Street bet style. It's only a loss if you sell it. If he doesn't exactly. sell it. Exactly. Uh, really, he should just donate it. Like, that's tax write-off. <laughs> tax write-off. Here, you can have this receipt for this JPEG. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Donate, donate it to an NFT museum and call it a tax write-off. It's one of the more popular scams. But the whole thing relies on the whole thing. All NFTs are fundamentally based on the bigger idiot theory. There must be a bigger idiot willing to pay more for this thing than I was. <laughs> so... Yeah, it turns out he was the biggest idiot. Goodbye. <laughs> All right, I think that's going to do it. Dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, gentlemen, will we be back next week? It's It's been a rough month. Everybody's been traveling or busy. It's been rough. We we going to get back uh, on the horse cadence, regular riding into town on a analogy doesn't work. Riding into town. Uh, yes, I will be on the regularly scheduled horse ride, hopefully next week. Hooray! <laughs> Zach. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be doing the things. All right, all right. Uh, and the, we'll, we'll start stuff. queuing up some news. We'll get some topics Zach can actually fucking participate in. Won't that be lovely? Yay. Um, yeah. Zach, do you want to have one last entry in our unfortunately recurring segment? Jack, Zach changes the subject. Oh, uh, man. I love putting you on spot. I know, right? So, Docker up with those guys <laughs> nope <laughs> all right until next time dear listener uh docker qq i don't know docker licensing qq it's virtualized qqs containerized even <laughs> running on the cloud shut up <laughs>Dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Please always remember that any views expressed on the podcast should be taken in context and are representative solely of the person expressing them. They are not representative of their friends and family, their co-hosts, their co-workers, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. So again, thank you for joining us, and thanks for respecting our individuality. I just got bored. Everybody out.